Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I'm one of the leading experts in online mediation. I have personally been mediating online for over five years now, and I have my own fully online family law mediation and coaching practice. Two years ago, after so many of my colleagues reached out wanting to know how I was doing it, I created the Learn to Mediate Online training program. And to date, I have personally trained thousands of mediators in how to successfully conduct their mediations through an online platform. As a leading figure in the online mediation movement, I am privileged to be on the cutting edge of developments and advances in online practice. And this podcast has been created to share that information with you. So tune in each week to get the inside story on how to mediate online. I invite you to now listen to today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today we are going to talk about whether or not Zooming is safe, Um, at least for those of you who are now online dispute resolution professionals. There have been a number of concerns raised lately about whether or not Zoom is secure. So first off, I'm going to say I have not stopped using Zoom myself. As many of you know, Zoom is the platform that I use to conduct my online mediations. And in fact, I've been using it for about five years to do online mediation. So a lot of the concerns, just let me say off the top, can be dealt with by the proper setup of your meeting. This is part of what we go over in my training. That's why it's so important that you know what you're doing before you jump online as an online dispute resolution professional. But with the recent COVID-19 situation and the rapid increase in the use of the Zoom platform, I think they their usership has grown over 600% in like a week and a half. Um, Some concerns have come to light. Um, People have been doing things like Zoom bombing. We're going to talk about what that is and how to avoid it. Um, And just people have been putting a lot of scrutiny on the Zoom platform. To Zoom's credit, they have been very rapidly stepping up to the plate. And where there has been an actual issue, they have moved quickly to close those and patch those problems by issuing updates to the software. Um, But there are also many issues that are being created because people are not properly protecting their meetings. Now, the meetings are our mediations or our dispute resolution um, practices, you know, what we're doing online. So that is the first place to start is to remember that Zoom is an online meeting platform meant to cover a myriad of different meeting types, um, all the way from teaching classes, uh, all the way down to very, you know, conscripted, small secure meetings like we would have in a mediation session. So a lot of that means that the host, in our case, the mediator or dispute resolution professional, has to have a great degree of control over the meeting. Now, that is why 
it is so important that you be the host of your meetings. You can't have someone else be the host. One of the great aspects of Zoom is that the host has controls that no one else in the meeting has. For example, to manage participants, to admit them from the waiting room, to move them into breakout rooms, to go into the breakout rooms. Um, all of those things are things only the host can do to allow recording. So we'll, we'll go over some of those things, but let's talk about Zoom bombing first. Now, Zoom bombing is the phrase that's been created to talk about where unwanted people get a hold of your Zoom meeting link, show up in your meeting, and in many cases, they are using the screen share function to show pornography, to show unwanted video or... Um, screen shared content that is inappropriate. Now, first off, I want to say that the FBI has stated that this will be considered a federal crime. Um, whether that's going to mean that that will deter people from doing it is another thing. But for people who are concerned, first understand that these are cases where someone has gotten a hold of the link to get into your Zoom meeting and they click that link and can are able to get into the meeting. So a few things that you can do to avoid that. Do not publish the Zoom link, the meeting link, for your meetings. If you are doing a mediation, that link should be guarded and given only to the participants who should be cautioned not to share it. You do not put your Zoom links on LinkedIn or Facebook or in a general email that you're mailing out. Um, you also, the number one way that a host can protect their meeting is to use the waiting room function. We talk about this in my training, but the waiting room function is something that will now automatically, as of Sunday, April 5th, is automatically going to be enabled and the waiting room feature means that as everyone signs into your meeting, you, the host, need to admit them or they can't get into the meeting. That gives you the control over identifying the participants and only allowing in those that you know and know are supposed to be a part. So having the waiting room enabled, which you know I've counseled from the beginning because you want to have a waiting room function anyway, is a very important function. And in fact, as I said, Zoom has now made that a default setting. You can turn it off, but in general, I, I advise that you would want to use it. It gives you the control over who enters your meeting. Um, the other thing that you can do to avoid Zoom bombing is if you do not want people sharing content uh, by screen sharing, you can turn off the screen share function for the participants in your meeting settings. So if that is a concern, then you can go ahead and do that. And then as the host, you can just enable it for certain users. Um, in a mediation, that may or may not be something that you desire if you want your participants to be able to share, but do know that that's a function that can be turned off. Now, another feature that Zoom has enabled as of April 5th, and these are for the free accounts or single-user professional accounts, is there is now automatically going to be a password required for entering the meeting. 
Now that cannot be turned off. They have enabled that as a permanent feature and this will affect um, your meeting sign on because now if they have just the link, it's going to then prompt when they go to join the meeting, it's going to prompt them to put the password in. Now you can enable in your meeting settings that that password will be incorporated into the one-click link or you can turn that off and make them enter that separately. That is something to be aware of because it's going to happen automatically, but it adds that extra layer of there needing to be a password that your participants know so that they can enter into the meeting. It's another way to add another layer. Now, if there's waiting room is enabled, that's just going to get them into the waiting room where you still have the ability to then admit them. Now, um, there was an issue uh, that people have asked me about around the um, Macs and the Mac store um, that was an issue with um, Apple products. That was patched over a year ago, um, is no longer an issue. Um, there was a recent patch also issued last week for some additional security concerns. Um, it uploaded to my Zoom program automatically. Um, and so if you have been a Zoom user, you would likely have already received that update. And if you're a new Zoom user going into it, it's already incorporated into their software. Now, um, there's something about zero day flaws that people have had concerns about. Um, and that is where a malicious hacker can take control of your webcam, your mic, your computer as a whole. So, but if you go and do some additional research on this, you will find that the attacker has to have physical access to your computer. So this is only a concern in cases where somebody gets a hold of your um, actual computer um, and must be in possession of that to exploit it. Obviously, that means that within your control, you need to be and to secure your laptop. Now, obviously, most of us these days have a laptop that has a, is password encrypted and can't be opened and used without someone having that. That is something I certainly you know, would suggest that you all consider doing. Um, so another issue that was raised is people were concerned about their personal data being sold by Zoom or shared by Zoom. Now, what I have been able to find out about that is that Zoom was sharing data with Facebook that was for iOS users, iPhone and the iPad who were downloading the app and using Facebook to sign in. You know, when you go and you sign into an app and it says, or you can sign in with the following functions, use your Facebook ID, use your um, Google ID, that sort of thing. They are no longer doing that. The kit was removed from the app last weekend um, back in April. So that is no longer an issue. Um, but that the key here for mediators or for dispute resolution professionals is that the most important thing for there be to be a secure 
mediation process or dispute resolution process is that you, the host, need to be in control of your meeting. So I will emphasize again that when you set up your meeting, you need to be setting it up to be a secure process. So you need that password's a great idea. By At this point, you don't have a choice on using the password anyway. And the waiting room function is one of the most important features. If you are using a different platform, be sure to use one that also has security features. Because when you are trying to be sure that you are having a secure meeting, it is important that you know who is in your meeting and that they are the people who are supposed to be in your meeting. So one last note is that for those of you who are uh, dealing with attorneys um, who and not dealing with their clients directly, you should be getting all of the contact information for the clients, including their email addresses, so you can confirm their identity when they sign into the waiting room so that when they are admitted, you will be able to confirm their identity unless they're going to be in the office with their counsel. So I still feel very much that Zoom is a secure platform. I do conduct my mediations and have been conducting them for five years on Zoom. I have not had a situation where there has been any issue with someone um, entering one of my mediations without be supposing to be there or being supposed to be there. Um, so I encourage you all to go online, go to your Zoom account, make sure that you have the proper security protocols in place, waiting room, password, um, all of the above so that you can be sure to provide a secure platform for your online dispute resolution. So thank you for joining me and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, and if you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell me what you did like in a review. Join me each Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. to hear another episode, and be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss one. Send me your questions and comments at susan at learntomediateonline.com. And you can find out more about my trainings and programs at learntomediateonline.com. I'll see you next week.